Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Monday to you all. And it's so exciting that you've uh, taken the time to join us for Daily Devotions through Redeeming Life Fellowship. I've got my coffee here and we're ready to dive into uh, back into Acts. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 22. And we're going to be in verses 22 through, let me make sure I get this right, through 30. That's right. 22 through 30. So a measly eight verses today. We're, we're taking it easy on you and giving you a, a short one so that you can have a little bit of a breather. So you're welcome. And uh, I want to remind you also is that uh, it's the, the, the drama that's unfolding when Paul returns from his missionary journeys back to Jerusalem, which is basically begins in chapter uh, 21, that from there, about to chapter 26, where uh, Paul's arrival um, and he, that um, there's a riot started on his account, uh, and then there's this appeal before the Jewish people, an appeal before the Sanhedrin, and then uh, Paul gives speeches to Felix and Festus and King Agrippa, that the the drama that's unfolding is still associated with the events that happen in chapter 21 when uh, Paul is returning to Jerusalem for Pentecost. And he's done, even from the very beginning, taken very uh, intentional steps to be as apologetic to the Jewish people, to his own people, uh, people who he recognizes being of the one faith, uh, the people, the Jews, uh, the people of Israel uh, who worship uh, the the God of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that in coming back and doing, coming back to Jerusalem, he has been as uh, as apologetic to them as he possibly can, uh, in order to be able to demonstrate how it is that. This work that he's been doing in responding to God's call upon his life um, by testifying to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is indeed not just agreeable with their faith, but also it's the fulfillment of it. And that he, in order that he can be a faithful Jew, uh, a faithful person who's uh, 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 considered called a part of the covenant people of God, that if he's if he's following through and going to be faithful with it. Uh, that uh, he has to heed this call in taking this good news to the Gentiles. And that's where we finished off yesterday when Paul speaks to his fellow brothers and fathers in Aramaic and, uh, and trying to explain to them uh, in a sensible, clear-headed, articulate fashion, articulate in that he's speaking their language, not the language of pagans, language of Aramaic, his people. Uh, that by doing so, that that he can give an acceptable explanation and defense of his actions. And uh, what you're going to find here in these next eight verses is instructive for us on at least two levels. Um, one of them being that um, is that we get a picture about what happens when not just persons, but a whole people are overwhelmed um, by their anger and it leads them to do things that are not right. Uh, that, that, uh, that's a lesson that's instructive for us. But then also that 
uh, in response to what was perceived by the Romans as Paul inciting a riot, they're preparing to beat him, and then he, he Paul, uh, asks whether or not it's right to beat a Roman citizen without a trial. And here in this situation, you can see, well, one, um, how Paul is taking advantages of certain rights that he has as a Roman citizen, which uh, exempts him from any kind of form of, of public degrading punishment, whether that's beating with rods or a scourging or even crucifixion. Um, those, except in the most serious cases of treason or uh, criminal behavior, Roman citizens were exempt from those types of punishments. But if you weren't a citizen, uh, you could, uh, you would surely, if you stepped out of line under Roman rule, uh, they would make you an example for everybody else that you do not cross Rome. But as a Roman citizen, uh, he, um, in this circumstance, lays hold of his rights. And it's interesting because by the time that the, the, um, the presiding Roman government that's directly over him and, and, and overseeing what's this, this riot that's about to take, uh, to unfold in Jerusalem, that he's treated very differently once they figure out that he is a Roman citizen. And, uh, even that the captain of the guard, uh, is almost ashamed, is shocked that, uh, and, and maybe afraid for his own punishment if, if, if his superiors find out that he was responsible for putting a Roman citizen in chains and doing so publicly. In this, we see an example of, well, not Paul just, uh, of, of making good use of the rights that he has as a Roman citizen, but also recognizing that um, even as he is a Christian and as he's been warned, that he's going to suffer and uh, be persecuted uh, by the Jews and uh, even by the Gentiles, and that he's now receiving the sort of treatment that Jesus said anyone who's going to follow him would be treated this way. And so that he's, he's enduring persecution, but also to remember that enduring persecution is not the same thing as uh, being a mat for everyone to walk on. Uh, that he does not surrender rights that he knows that he has, and uh, by virtue of being a citizen, he knows that it's unlawful for someone else to treat them this way, and that he holds people who are above him accountable to the law that all of them are, are under. And that's at least important for us to remember that um, in the way in which that we're called to humble ourselves and call our, to, to humble service uh, and being Christ-like and being willing uh, to endure persecution, uh, that's, all of that is true. Even the, but that still does not mean that we allow people unjustly to take advantage of us or to just be a doormat for people to abuse. Uh, that 
and that was that is the way that 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 we the the example that we see Paul setting for us here. So, uh, but yes, uh, unfortunately, the the way that this reading plan is set up, we're actually really uh, uh, dividing uh, what uh, essentially connects one stage of this episode into the next stage where Paul is giving his defense and he is, uh, he, he finally, he finishes and he reaches this tipping point when he says something that the rest of the crowd, they lose their minds over. They're overwhelmed with rabid anger uh, to the point where uh, they're, they're just, um, they lose their minds over this. And so let's actually then start in, uh, in Acts 22, and let's actually begin in, uh, in verse, uh, verse 17. And it says this, When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord speaking to me. Quick, he said, leave Jerusalem immediately because they will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these men know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. And then there's the, the tipping point. Verse 21, then the Lord said to me, go. I will send you far away to the Gentiles. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him, he is not fit to live. We can see how it is that, yeah, the, the crowd is, is definitely overwhelmed with anger right now. They're a little bit perturbed about um, the Lord saying to, 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 to Saul, or to and Saul, who later became Paul, excuse me, says, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Why would they be so angry about him going and getting sent far away to the Gentiles? And the best reason why I can understand something like that, why that would make them so angry, is that they, like the Jews who we saw prior to, say, Peter and this encounter with uh, Cornelius, the centurion, that this particular uh, segment of the Jewish people, uh, and probably representative of lots of other Jewish people at that time, were absolutely swollen with pride of being the Jewish people and really believed that God would show favoritism that if they're God's chosen people, that must mean that they're God's favorites. And as by virtue of being God's favorites, that makes them better than everybody else. And that when you're swollen and captivated with that kind of pride and belief that you're God's favorites, that you're God's superiors to everyone else, that when somebody else is sent to show the same kind of grace and love and forgiveness that somebody else, that, that God has shown you, you've lost your pride of place because um, you realize that the gift that God has given you is that he's giving it to somebody else as well. And that, that you're incensed with rage that uh, 
that God is showing kindness to somebody else, especially showing kindness to somebody else who you didn't like. Uh, uh, think about Jonah uh, when um, he was mad, so angry that he could die, not, not because of the, the wickedness of, of Nineveh, but because he knew that, that, that God would show him forgiveness and that he, he wanted to watch the, the Gentiles suffer and go to hell, basically, and, um, and was mad that God was showing kindness and grace to someone who they didn't like, uh, to their en enemies, and, uh, and that this is the thing that pushes them over the edge, that they're incensed with rage and uh, are uh, ready to, to tear uh, Paul to pieces. And uh, so let's, now that we know that they're incensed with rage, and we should learn from that, that whenever we're overwhelmed with rage, um, that is not the time to be making very important decisions uh, and that, that it's not a, usually, usually not a good idea to make decisions out of the emotion of anger. Uh, so but let's, let's continue. All right, verse 23. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do? he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a big price for my citizenship but I was born a citizen. Paul replied, See, those who were about to question him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The next day, since the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, he released him and ordered the chief priests in all the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. And with that, we have to close so you'll be prepared for Paul's speech before the Sanhedrin tomorrow for Tuesday's video. So, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us for Daily Devotions. I hope you uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so we can follow along and uh, so that we can all learn and live and grow together as we continue to read God's Word, study it well, and continue to grow mature disciples here at Redeeming Life Fellowship. And if you haven't, uh, do subscribe again to the YouTube channel and uh, encourage you to support us financially for our work that we're doing here in Whitley County and in Huntington County. And I pray God would bless you and keep you and uh, that he would continue to, to grow and shape us into the sort of people that God desires us to be. So I'll see you next time. Take care.